Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Friday, Alyssa. <laughs> Multiple times I've tried. I've been like, okay, I'm going to stay up straight through the night to watch a state get announced, or I'm going to wake up way early in the morning. And so it's resulted in me getting like four hours of sleep every night. Uh, <laughs> I'm intimately familiar with Steve Kornacki. I've fallen in love with him, and I don't care what his sexual preference is. I think he's a beautiful um, man, and uh, I like his pants very much. And Mike was talking about his bulge, too. Anyway. Wow. (laughs) I saw a headline that was like, Steve forced to take a break. Like, he's just (laughs) going at it so hard. It was finally like someone was like, you have to absolutely take a break. Please, God, for your help. I feel that I feel that way for everyone who's reporting. No one is sleeping. It's oh, my God. Are you more of a CNN person? Like what channel do you guys have on in your house? Yeah, we've been we've been doing CNN. We were. So the very first so Tuesday night, we did the we like tuned into Fox for 10 minutes just to see how the other side lives. And it was crazy. Yeah, I've done that a few times. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it wild? If you're just just like, I want to walk on the wild side for a little bit. I want to be bad. And I'm going to put on Fox for a couple minutes. And Tony and I just like sit there with our jaws on the floor. It is stressful. Tony also, uh, we both love gambling. Uh, It's one of the many vices that we're obsessed with. And on Tuesday, kept like tuning into the Vegas odds, which were just like all over the place. And there was a couple of hours where it was so bad for Biden and it really spiraled both of us into this just like horrible black hole. And then on Wednesday morning, waking up, we like simultaneously tuned back into the news, but then also into the Vegas odds. And we're so cheered up by the Vegas odds going (laughs) up. Like we've just been like watching all of it. It's, 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 uh, it's like too, too much to keep up with, but it has been a roller coaster but it just shows that like you asking are we more of a cnn person we're more of a vegas person oh, i, I think is the answer but cnn has been on mostly I, i've been trying to keep it on mute in yeah. like the past like i don't know yesterday for sure it was mostly on mute i was just like i need to still do other. i have it on mute like right okay. now and so if you guys you know yeah. want a live reaction of us uh <laughs> watching who's going to be the next president which assume i assume it's going to be biden at this point you know what a special treat to have on the pod <laughs> Um, no, I just ask because I feel like everyone is watching CNN and nobody's watching MSNBC with me and nobody knows about my snack Kornacki. <laughs> <laughs> my snack Kornacki. No, I've definitely watched a little bit of him too because he's uh, he's get, getting hyped up on the internet. So I don't think you're alone. I feel like uh, everyone's but just doing been, like, living on CNN. Very good Bravo memes for like yes. you know, what we're all going through. That's very funny. Good job, mm-hmm. everyone on the internet. <laughs> I, this really feels like a never-ending reality show. This is like a Truman show, but we're the stars somehow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Somehow we're involved. It also we had a uh, a funny oh, man. We got journey yesterday. <laughs> 
where weeks ago, Alyssa and I signed up for, because you actually found it first, that there was a early premiere drive-in event in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl to see the premiere, the series premiere of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Right. And weeks ago, this sounded like the most exciting thing that we could possibly look forward to as people who have completely empty social calendars, obviously. We're like, oh my God, this is going to be the best. We're going to do a drive-in. We're going to like Instagram live for the pod. We're going to do all this research. And it was last night which was the most stressful and awful timing of an event like that ever. And not only was it like, okay, we don't want to go do this because we want to only be watching these dates that please, God, please announce them tonight. And they didn't. It was like such a long drive to get there. And I was so nervous about the idea of like listening to the results on the radio. I I was like, do I even know how to operate the radio in my car? Like, I don't, I just like, don't know if I could be so we decided that the uh, the fate of the country was more important than the fate of the pod. I'm sorry, you guys. We did not go to the early premiere. But that's OK, because now we'll cover it live on the pod next week. And you guys won't have to hear us talk about spoilers. I mean, I it was truly, the right decision. The reason why I texted you like maybe we shouldn't go is because the news was reporting like Biden is setting up a stage where he could come out and accept like, yeah. you know, president elect. And I was like, well, I can't miss. Not only that, but, like, the first female vice president being nominated. Like, I'm not going to be at a fucking Bravo drive-in at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and then my Listen, second we thought, love Bravo so much, but yeah. not that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then my second thought was, like, are, am I going to get be able to get back across town like should shit go awry like I don't I mean I don't know what everyone else's city has been like but the LAPD is like ready to rumble over almost anything in the city and they're like there might be curfews and there's all these things like boarded up and I was like I'm certainly not going to be stuck at UCLA's fucking stadium while the country watches like a change of power like that's just not gonna happen to me it was it was just so perfect it's just like any other friggin like social engagement that you're looking forward to where for weeks and weeks I was like can't wait for the drive-in so excited to see this show but and then like a couple hours before I was like fuck yeah this is the worst thing ever. there's no way we are able to do this and we're going to enjoy it we're going to be so distracted I wish this was any other night like truly any other night it really felt like you know when you haven't gotten your period in a while and people are like put white pants on you'll get it right away like it was like that <laughs> where I was like do we leave and then Biden will just win because we're not watching like I still sort yeah. of feel like we made the wrong call like maybe we should yeah. have just gone yeah they were like oh Taylor and Alyssa are staying home uh, put the put the stage back continue we're not counting do it continue counting continue yeah. slowly slowly fuck? counting anyway oh. Kornacki's like we found five more ballots I'm like, oh my <laughs> god please put us out of our misery anyway um so it's been it's been a good few days uh and uh it seems like we're going in a good direction so that's exciting have you guys uh stress eaten at all i want to know what you're stressed oh my god eating. we I ordered like, everyone like a is stress full eating. like way too much chinese food last night i think the actual night of the election mike was like i just want to eat something disgusting can we get like dominoes and i was like i'll do fresh brothers i don't think we can do dominoes <laughs> i want to eat something disgusting um, Tony had the exact opposite on election night he goes i want to eat something healthy and we ordered uh lemonade and then he didn't eat it 
Ew, it just I sat in front of him. Do you guys you like hate lemonade? lemonade? Well, okay, there was a lemonade at USC. Like, that was, like, the one, like, nice thing in the student dining area. And their meat is so wet. And I don't, They. <laughs> I feel like they've scammed everyone with their branding. We also ordered an entire, like, tasting menu of pasta. Ooh. Which was so good. Have you had uovo? Oh, no, I've heard about that. It's the same person who does sugarfish, right? But they do it for Italian food. Yes. That's and really it's cool. really good. It's like the, the noodles are like imported from Italy and the sauces are really simple, but so good. And like they, you could get this like little tasting menu where you get five little pastas that you share. And it really, really hit the spot. It was the perfect stress eating meal because then you just had so many pastas to choose from as you're like gorging yourself in front of the TV. It's great. <sighs> Well, that's cool. We'll have to try that out. Did you guys get wasted? I I, st- I was like, we are partying. And I had one beer and I was like, oh, God, this is not going the way that we thought it was going to go. And I was like <laughs> sober for the rest of the night. I was like, I need to be able to add percentages and like understand the, the votes that are left. Like I can't. There's no way I can be drunk for this. We have to do math for the country. <laughs> anyway, it's our job. This, uh, not to get ahead of myself, but it reminded me of uh, Blake on this week's episode of The Bachelorette was like, I don't know if I need drinks or sleep or what. And that's kind (laughs) of been my mentality the past few days. We've been drinking a lot. And then I'll get, yeah, I'll just like weirdly stay awake very late. But then I also want to wake up very early. So there's not a lot of sleep happening. And yeah, I've been getting sufficiently wasted. I think I finished a bottle of wine on my own on Tuesday, if I'm being honest. Wow, that's exciting. Okay, because Tony didn't want it and like kept drinking beers and I was like wow if it's here I'm not gonna like not yeah, I can't finish just, like, it. leave it open no yeah. I'm not a wine killer yeah <laughs> <sighs> so, all right yeah. should we get into what do you want to talk about Potomac let's talk about let's talk about Potomac because can I in this in this stressful week I feel like this was medicine this mm-hmm. is like just what the doctor ordered what a great episode of Real Housewives. There's funny scenes. There's fighting scenes. There weren't dwelling on the Monique and Candace fight too much. They like are exploring all of these other bits of drama that are just as rich and exciting. And uh, I was so comforted to watch it. I, like I almost rewatched it. If I'm being honest with you, I also think it's really exciting, and uh, I think cool of Ashley to talk so much about her postpartum journey. On oh, the yeah. Show. I think For it sure. gets entangled in her Michael drama, which is like a lot less easy to relate to and is a lot is very like, you know, kind of kooky and out of this world. And I can't help but be a little bit judgmental about it slash a lot a bit judgmental about it because I hate Michael. But I think that it's really cool that she is, you know, going to these appointments and talking about her postpartum depression. And I thought that the way she talked about feeling like her body was uh yeah a utility for her son instead of something that was sexual was like so specific and I feel like I really enlightening to me yeah that that was really interesting even I know this sounds silly but there's been many times where I've wondered like what the process of actually understanding that you you need help with depression is because I feel like especially now we've all gone through situational depression or or times where we've not felt like ourselves and it's hard to know like well is this normal is this this is more than what I can handle on my own and so seeing her get asked those questions I thought was really cool and helpful yeah especially having your first baby 
I would imagine if I'm in her shoes, there's a lot of moments where you just go, oh, well, I think I'm probably supposed to feel yeah, this way. Or maybe sure. this is just how your body is after having a baby. So like, ha- yeah, having that dialogue She's a to really specify, special housewife. Don't you think? She is. I feel like she just shares <laughs> so much with us and it doesn't feel phony and it doesn't feel calculated. I'm a really big fan of hers. I know the, her relationship with Michael is a little crazy, but... I get it. You know, we know her background. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on in her her personal family history. Like, I, I really appreciate her being this open and honest with us. And maybe I'm just mm-hmm. emotional because I've been up and I haven't <laughs> slept in three days. <laughs> but I really like her a lot. <laughs> no, it's true. And then she and all of the all of the breastfeeding parts of her journey too that she's sharing, <laughs> like weirdly be- breastfeeding in this turtleneck this episode, and then what having that weird coach. Dress? <laughs> She had to pull it up over her hoo-ha and over her boobs. (laughs) I love Giselle being like, this girl has been waiting for an excuse to pop out a titty on TV. Like, she is just all about it. But I love it. I think it's great. So that made me feel good. I thought that was really interesting. I think that the that Karen is also coming to play this season. I think she, like, sitting down at that funny little, very weird. Okay, can we talk about this? Restaurants that are doing this like kind of tea party vibe kind of freak me out. Am I alone? I like we see the three of them, Giselle and Robin and Karen meet at this like very pink, very frilly, like the furniture felt miniature to me, even if it wasn't. And that like the only thing on the menu was like macaroons. And, and I, it just stressed me out. It felt very weird. Am yeah. I wrong? It feels like the only time a tea party is appropriate is... Okay, so when I was a kid, like, my cousins would have their birthday parties at, like, Olivia's Tea House. And you would all, like, dress up in costume and then have, like, a princess tea party or whatever. So that's one mm-hmm. instance where it's appropriate. The second would be, like, if you're at, I don't know, an iconic location like the Plaza Hotel in New York and there's, like, a very famous Mm. tea time, I would allow that. And the third occasion is when you're at the Disneyland Hotel, which also has a very famous tea time that is (laughs) Disney-themed. Outside of that, I agree with you. I think it's freaky. (laughs) Okay, I like this. I like those rules. I agree with you. That's also my stance now. I just, just like, kept getting distracted. It's funny because it was a weird, like, kind of colorful environment for them to be in when they're just, like, talking about very adult things and taxes and marriages and all this stuff. But I just couldn't get over that. Did Giselle choose that place? Yes. And yeah. I, you know what I think she was saying? I, there was a moment I watched it twice because I was curious. She was telling Robin before Karen got there that she had been trying to get reservations yeah. for her and her daughters yeah. to do it. And they were always booked. And then she was like, so now I'm here, meaning obviously Bravo was allowed to get a table. So she's like, well, fuck this. I could come here when we're <laughs> shooting, but I can't come here when we're not shooting. And I was like, that's an interesting I thing mean, to leave it's in. It's not surprising to me that Giselle thinks that that's like a really coveted, you know, reservation to have because look at her fucking house decor. Yeah. She has a oh, giant yeah. silver heart sculpture. Like what is every time I look at her house, it's more and more shocking. I don't it get is. used to it. It is. It's awful. It's so it's so shockingly bad. Uh, I, I got a very big kick out of <laughs> Karen's impression of Wendy slithering down the stairs that happens like three or four times this episode I thought it was so funny the side by side is so good and what I was saying about Karen is I think like 
there is we've seen a lot of her like uh, in Potomac in in past seasons like deflecting things and getting frustrated that things yes. are being brought up. And not only is she opening up about like all of these crazy things going on in her marriage, when Giselle like brings up the gossip, she's like down to play and engages with her and isn't just shutting her down. It's like I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk. She's like here to talk about it. Immediately brings it up to Wendy later in the episode. I was like Karen is like. I don't. I, mean, I don't know if she had a fear of being pushed out or something, but I think she's very much the the grand dame. Still. Yeah, I, she say, she seems like she has a better sense of humor this season. Um, mm, that's and, it. And um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny that like Karen imitating Wendy could have uh, you know developed into a huge fight between them mm-hmm. but instead every single other woman decided to also do the wendy walk <laughs> and i thought that was so fucking funny and it was just like all right well now we all have to laugh at this because it's so now absurd. we all have to laugh yeah you can't be like you made fun of my walk i just like this franchise like i just feel like they're you know whether they're the best of friends or not they just goof around with each other and it's never too I mean, with the exception of, like, the actual shit that's serious, we're not, like, picking bullshit fights for the sake of storylines. Like, they are being themselves, and they respect each other because they're all on the show together. That's what it feels like to me. It does feel like there is some more respect there than in other casts, and everybody is bringing something to the table in terms of opening up about their lives. Like, every single housewife in this franchise has been is opening up either about a, a relationship or a business or something, and... You could tell because then nobody is like dodging any bullets or getting mad at each other in this like dumb Denise Richards way. Uh, and there's still so much more substance than like everybody just being drunk and pooping on the ground like yeah. in New York. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> they found like the perfect sweet spot and there is there are legitimate problems and a lot of times they also involve the husbands, which are which are the most fun kinds of problems to have. Yeah. I do have to say, I'm so sorry to say this about Candace, but watching someone do a a sincere vocal warm-up <laughs> is perhaps the most fucking obnoxious thing you could ever watch and when she she and i maybe i would give it to her if she didn't enter a room in multiple episodes and go hello <laughs> you're like okay I get it. You want to be a singer. You're a housewife. You have a platform. Great. Congratulations, Countess. Good for you. I enjoy (laughs) it. But like, have this is why Monique grabbed your hair. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't condone violence, but it's not a mystery to everyone. Annoying. (laughs) I have to say that there was that weird. It starts with a warm up of her doing like doing trills, but with her mouth closed. So she was like. I know. And Fredo freaked. (laughs) So I don't know what what kind of singer that makes you, but I think it's not a good one. She actually has Uh, a pretty good voice and the song is not bad, you know, but like she's just annoying. She's extremely annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. And like this, the whole story of her like in high school being part of a girl group Uh. that almost got signed. I was like, I'm over this. Haven't you had enough? Stop it. I thought she was, uh, yeah. It's it's amazing how uh, annoying she is. It's still yeah. she's still fun to watch, but it is. I can't even think of another word. I just keep repeating. She's so annoying. And that see, even the even the famous music producer who was signing her was like, "All right, so can we get the show on the road?" He <laughs> yeah. was like rushing the scene along. He was like, "You could stop crying now." <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think she does bring a lot to the series, and I think she is a good housewife in a lot of ways. But my God, does she have no ability to understand how she's being perceived? Even her fucking husband is annoyed with her all the time. He's always like, all just the time. calm down. Your okay. mom hit you in the face with a purse. Yes. <laughs> That's how your own mother smacked you in the face <laughs> I don't condone violence, but it is, it's like maybe you do want to take a look inside, you know? Like, <laughs> that's terrible. Wow, that's really funny. Um, uh, sorry. I do have to say <laughs> that, like, when she received the counter lawsuit from Monique and she was freaking out, the fact that Chris was immediately like, it's nothing, so calm down. Like, I would be pretty pissed off as well. I don't think it's a normal reaction to get a lawsuit and be like, oh, this is no big deal, you know? Yeah, I was curious. I thought the same exact thing. I was curious if he knew something that we didn't or if he was most likely just fucking over it. I he was kind of my it. energy about the election at this point. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> there just was over just her. Like not moving like, from the couch. We didn't talk about this explicitly because we had other stuff to talk about. But a couple episodes ago when she was going after um, Ashley for when Ashley was like, what do I need money for? Like, I'm married to a millionaire. And Candace said, for now. Her husband turned to her and was like, shut up. And it's like, mm. that's not <laughs> that's not what you want in a partner. Like, I think there's a different no. way to handle that. And we've seen so many scenes where he's like physically restraining her from throwing a butter knife and like <laughs> grabbing her face and telling her to calm down. And she seems to like that, like he's keeping her grounded or something. But it's a very troubling dynamic on both sides to me. It is troubling. And also, like, if you're at the point where you are you need to say shut up to your wife That's no good. in public, yeah. it's no good. Not to imply that it's good in private. No. But, like, uh, to in public, on camera, at a, at a sip and see, an event I'm very familiar with now, sip and sees, to shout shut up. It's like, bro, something is so wrong. It's bizarre. Uh, I Yeah, their relationship is bizarre. And it's also, I've never seen a relationship where... <laughs> I'm so like not on the person who's being treated like that side, even though I know it's wrong. Yeah. It's terrible. Anyway. Wait, this reminds me of the horrible relationship Bravo related news that we found out this week, oh. which I also think is no coincidence. And you called of, it. And yeah. And I called it, but I'm sad about it is Erica Jane and Tom Girardi of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills are calling it quits. That's and I am stressed. I think it's very sad. I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out for both of them. I think it was genius for them to announce it this week because nobody's going to give a fuck except for me. Uh, and I was just uh, really surprised. And aren't they? They're shooting right now. So she's going to have to spill the tea on the season. They're shooting. And we also know from a previous season that they do not have a prenup. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, Ugh. Erica's position on that has kind of been, yeah, he's a great lawyer. Like, whatever prenup I got him to sign, he would have gotten out of, um, mm -hmm. which is upsetting. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I just think it's like very interesting that you were like, if your husband does not come to the opening night of your Broadway play, <laughs> something is wrong. And I was something like, oh, I don't know. Wrong. Maybe he's busy. <laughs> 
I know. I wanted to believe that too. I really wanted to believe that, but there is something like I'm sorry, you didn't go to the opening of a Broadway. You were like, like, you could make the grounds for divorce right there. (laughs) It is. It is. But so I wonder. I wonder where it's. It's got to be coming from her. It's like that. He's got to be way too tired to be divorcing people at this point. Like, so my narrative I'm making up in my head is that it's coming from her. But it also seems like it seems like she has such a supportive environment to do anything the fuck she wants. It seems like. It seemed to me like she loved him so much. He did so much for her and her son back in the day. But also, I can't help but wonder, her body is unfucking believable I don't know why she doesn't have any sort of, like, anti-aging makeup, something rather, because she is, like, the hottest person ever. So maybe she just wants to take her hotness out on the town. Like, yeah. maybe it's just as simple as that, of being I, like, wow, I'm hot shit. I think there's also rumors that she is dating someone already but I don't know who and I don't know how legitimate they are but yeah she's hot shit I don't think she'll have a problem and I hope that they can like amicably split and she's also like such a money maker in her own right right now you know yeah she's gonna be fine I just feel like I do feel like these are my friends that are breaking up and I'm sad about it like I like I was closer to the woman I'm closer to the girl but like I feel really bad for the guy and I, I want him to do well but I like but I, I wouldn't say that to her. I don't know. I'm feeling so torn, you guys. <laughs> what a week it's been for me. Yeah. I can't deal. Oh, anyway, so that's that's my that's my two cents on that divorce. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Let I have a big question for you. Um, Bring it. Do you Bring believe it. that our bachelorette Claire was not DMing Dale before they got on the show? I believe. Claire is a lying snake. Me too. And that she was rat-tat-tatting her manicured nails on that <laughs> iPhone and sliding into DMs with a high velocity. That's what I think. And for her to lie to Chris Harrison? Yeah. To lie to Chris Harrison is I a one-way ticket to hell for me. Get out of here. <laughs> I am so over it do you know what I think I think that they obviously talked I think it's probably going to come out that they did officially on this tell all whatever weird like couch tell all they're doing right I think that this is one of the worst things that could happen to the the franchise because I know that they were leaning into this week and this debacle of an episode like Oh, even though it was unconventional and she like kind of bulldozed her way there, the objective was achieved. Claire found love. Like we helped. Look what we did. Like we got her there. She even says to Chris, like, because you believed in me, I got the man of my dreams, yada, yada. All this proved is that she could meet the man of her dreams on Instagram. Like the entire process of this show, aside from a general matchmaking of like 30 hot guys, like, which could frankly be and is already many apps, like, is completely null and void. Like, just give someone Instagram and you could find uh, a former football player yeah. husband with small ears. Like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just don't believe that he w- she was looking at his, like, Mother's Day posts and all this <laughs> stuff and, and then never had the urge to be like, hey. I heard you're going to be on my season. I don't know. She's bizarre. No, the first thing I wrote down about her no... is all Claire does is cry on her dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for her dogs. 
The thing is, she, I feel very, very bad for her dogs. They seem just as confused as we all are. And I think that we've seen, she's proven, I think in this whole season and probably everything leading up to this, that she has no impulse control. Yeah. And she has very little consideration for other people. So why the world would I fucking believe that she wouldn't send him a DM when she admitted to already looking at his profile? Yeah, that's a great point. I'm not an idiot, Claire. You clearly do whatever the fuck you want. And that, so then just be honest about it. And then, the, yeah, the weird, the weird story of like, no, I didn't talk to him, but his Instagram posts really spoke to me. Could you imagine someone looking at your Instagram, Melissa, and then just like finding some of your posts it's and bizarre. some Instagram captions and being like, I am in love with her Yeah, because of what she said about paddle boarding. <laughs> I think this is my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's almost more creepy if they didn't talk to each other. Um, just from on Claire's side, like longing for this man that she's created a persona for in her head, like we're you know on MySpace in eighth grade or something like that. <laughs> on the flip side, I do feel like we learned a lot about why Claire is the way she is based on remember I said she like put her dad too much on a pedestal, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, maybe this is a common thing. But I found it very strange and I always find it strange when people want to they say out loud, I want some I want to be with someone like my dad. I think that's very bizarre. Um, Mm -hmm. You can say, like, Mm -hmm. I want someone I want a relationship like my parents had or whatever, (laughs) Um, because they like respect each other and they have a good marriage. But even that's like a little strange to me to be like too into that idea. But. To me, the most revealing thing about Claire is that her dad hitchhiked to propose to her mom after meeting her one time. Yeah. Like, that that's was psychotic. You're right. You're right. And, and that's why she's, like, that... putting all this, like, fairy tale pressure on herself. Yeah. It, it really, it, you're right. It really did provide a lot of specific evidence to the theory already that she was given this sort of, yeah, fairy tale princess outlook because of what her dad told her. But not, we now we know it's not just because of what her dad told her, but it's because of what he did and was also this like kind of kooky, hyper romantic guy. And listen, sometimes those stories are great. Uh, and people do have some really, really romantic stories, but like it really did kind of push her off of her rocker, I think. And poor, Poor Dale. I felt <laughs> so he kept being like, well, I think Claire and I agreed that we're, you know, we're falling for each other and we're really excited to see where this journey is going. And Chris Harrison was like, oh, so the journey actually is over. Uh, you have to propose to her right now. Yeah. And he was like, oh, OK. Like, no part of Dale, of course, because he's a little less insane than her. It was like, great. Looking forward to it, Chris. <laughs> happily what are you fucking talking about like this poor kid I say kid he's older than me but still I feel like he was just he's just like along for the ride and then he just got himself in way too deep and he was just like yes anding his way through everything and Claire is just getting more and more intoxicated with him by the minute and he seems so dull about it am I wrong or did you see it feel like he's no I totally agree I feel like I feel like there's some I would be so interested to learn like what the contracts they signed are because absolutely there I'm sure there's risk in Claire admitting like oh yeah we dm'd beforehand and now I'm like not following through on the rest of the season like I'm sure Mm -hmm. she could be sued by ABC in some sense for breach of contract Mm. you know and Mm. I'm I'm also sure that like Chris Harrison as an excellent producer um, was like, yeah, we're not ending this season with like 
fucking boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> like they were like, probably oh, you like, want this? You Let's see how bad. Leave now and don't. And we are, and we're, and, and we're not setting up anything for you guys to like get to know each other. And Claire can freak out, and we'll have like the bachelorette be upset, or like you propose. So whatever you, however you guys want to be portrayed to the nation, like feel free to make a choice. I. Yeah, that's absolutely what happened, and it's genius. It's also, I don't know if I was putting too much of my own inner monologue in this, but the scene after their dumb, uh, like, you know, super quick fantasy suite date where the next morning Chris goes over and is like, hey, Claire, like, how did the night go? And she's like, amazing. It went amazing. (laughs) Of course he's falling in love with me. Of course. And she's, like, beaming and so fucking annoying. He's just like his like has so much jaw tension and his eyebrows are raised and you could see him inside just be like this fucking crazy bitch is ruining (laughs) this show. Let's get her out of here. He seems so over it and she is so clueless. She's just like so, so, so clueless and is so self-involved. I did appreciate at least one panic attack before the proposal where she sort of acknowledged like, you know, I I do get he hasn't done this before. I've done like 12 of these reality shows. He's he's smart. He might back the fuck up from wanting to be engaged tonight. Um, so that made me feel like she had one foot sort of on the ground for a moment. Uh, I loved at then, the end they showed a tag of them in some house, and they and he's like, "What are you doing, Claire?" And she's like, "Making salad." And they're like, "We've been living together for four days." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he goes, "What's in the salad, Claire?" And she goes, "Okay, so we're gonna start with some romaine, and that's all we have so far." You are a fucking idiot. What? Uh, wow. I'm so happy to get rid of her. I'm so, 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 so happy she's gone. Quick, before I, we it, move the, on to Tasha, I just wanted to ask you, like, how you felt about her non-apology to the rest of the guys. Oh, uh, livid. Hated it. You know I hated it. You okay, know perfect. I hated it. I hated <laughs> that she did sit, like... Someone, whoever asked the question, and I don't know their names because she doesn't know their freaking names, was like, hey, I'm not like mad at you for falling in love, but I do think that we deserve an apology for you wasting our time. Like he he prefaced it by saying, I'm not mad about the Dale thing. Like I'm mad at you for, for just wasting all of our time. And she's just like, I am not, I'm, oh, oh, I'm not going to apologize for love. And if I, oh, wasted your time, I guess I apologize. And, and then she like, starts what? crying. I'm like, then you she's are crying. the girl who gets out of everything by crying. I'm sorry. Then she I hate makes to bring them that fucking, up. It's true. It's so true yeah. because it makes it about her. It makes them all feel like dicks if they stay mean to her. They're all conscious of being on camera. They're all very scared. She's already eviscerated several dudes' reputations. Like, the fake-ass apology and then making them all hug her goodbye (laughs) was gross to me. I was like, don't fucking touch her. I feel like, I feel so protective of this random bunch of boys. I know. I have to say that one guy who said that, um, whose name I also don't know, I'm deeply attracted to him now. (laughs) (laughs) He seems a little like, you know, like the upperclassman who's like going to sort of like show you how to smoke weed for the first time. But he's also like really emotionally like, you know, he's just he just knows a little more than you like that. That's what I and then he's probably going to be just an asshole to you later on. (laughs) That's if I had him into therapy, that would be my guy. (laughs) For sure. <laughs> that's such a specific picture. I hear you. It's hot. I I agree. I think that's attractive. I I felt so bad 
for it's Jason who did the date with the therapy by the fire, right? His yeah. name is Jason. Because the, the guys who were most invested in her were Jason, Chasen, and Blake. <laughs> And uh, which is uh, let's not even get into those names. But I did feel like they were put in that shitty position of, you know, having spent weeks, whether you want to think it's pretending or not, but definitely playing to the camera that they're like in Claire and investing in that narrative for themselves. And then all of a sudden have the rug pulled out from under them and then throw Tasha in there. I think that they did a decent job of like, you know, uh, playing it safe and trying not to seem like dicks who were too excited for Tasha to come in or to <laughs> see another girl. I think that they, the editors threw them a, you know, threw them a softball and were like, why don't you guys take the day to be sad and get over your feelings for Claire? Like, why don't you take the day? You are some good guys. Like, like, they really helped them out. They're like, why don't you just like really deeply ponder if you can put aside the feelings you've developed for Claire and move on to potentially consider another woman? And I'm like, can they go from wanting to fuck one girl to wanting to fuck another girl? Yeah, I think they can handle it. Like, I think it'll be, I think they <laughs> might have been able to fuck DNA. both of them in real life on different days, actually, if we're being honest. <laughs> I think that the best thing about Claire and Dale leaving is also how annoying Claire is when she says Dale and she like hits the D like she's having a stroke she goes dale i can't stop thinking about dale and now i'm very happy that her and dale are gone yeah oh i'm over the moon about it well i don't love tasha's highlights if i'm gonna be honest with you she's got a bang highlight going on that's uh-huh. not my favorite but maybe we'll see it styled differently it was just a little bit of a funky blonde in front it seemed it did seem like they were trying to do a sort of like Hollywood glam look on her. Mm-hmm. And it was while well, she's dropped dead gorgeous and she would be stunning in a, you know, brown paper bag. She it didn't feel very much like her, like the look yeah. didn't feel like her. It felt like a like throwing her in some sort of like old Hollywood bachelorette costume. But the previews coming up, there's like some different looks. There's like a cute middle part hair straightened thing where that highlight isn't as obvious. Okay. Oh, and okay. I love, I told you this, the poster where she's oh, yeah. in a gown made of tabloids. Uh, did the uh, advertising person come back from their <laughs> six months break? I'm sorry, were you hibernating? Where the <laughs> fuck have you been? This poster is amazing. I love this look. I love this bachelorette. I'm sipping the Kool-Aid. It's so much better than the like bad graduate graphics that they were using for Claire. I couldn't I couldn't be more ecstatic about it. Are we to believe from the next season's preview that like someone there's going to be another bachelorette to choose from potentially or am I misreading that? I I think that's a great question. I don't think you misread it cuz I felt the same way, but then I thought it was confusing that they that was the last beat of a clip that we saw was Chris saying every unfortunately everything is going to change from this point moving forward, but then they end on a graphic where Tasha is like holding the rose and there's yeah. the petals behind her and it says the bachelorette which really felt like it was leaning into this is your new season like it's going to be Tasha the but I don't know I I got the same vibe I'm gonna go ahead gonna and say right now Hannah that if they Ann? manage to hide that from us then I take everything back I said about the marketing of this show <laughs> <laughs> right like if they have managed yeah. to fool us with these graphics and stuff like we there's just no I mean I'm I'm sorry in advance but I don't think that that's what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> then I'm so, I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah that's a that's a really good question I think it'll be interesting to see I also was like 
So they're just going to give her these 16 guys? She doesn't get any new <laughs> guys? Like, it's just these? Because I, I think some of them are fine. Maybe I'll get the chance to know them better. But uh, not super stoked about this group for her. Are no. you? There's a couple guys yeah. that didn't say anything um, in Claire's season who seems sweet. I think Easy also seems promising. He seems like a fun, you mm. know, guy who's like a good voice for the group. Um, I don't know. It do- It is kind of a bummer. But I, all every season, there's always like a couple, a few clunkers the first night where you're like, how did that get in there? <laughs> Yeah. So uh, maybe it'll just be a little bit easier for her. I'm not sure. I have no idea, like, who she's going to have chemistry with out of this group of people. Um, Yeah. Any thoughts on that? No? No, I have no idea. Easy, maybe. I like Easy a lot. But I I also feel like I don't know. I don't know their names. Tasha that well. Well, I don't know the guys that well. I don't know their (laughs) names, hardly. I also don't know Tasha that well because when she did VIP, she ended up with fucking John Paul Jones. And that was like. He's such a weird goof. I would have never picked that combo in a million years. And so I was like, do I even know Tasha? Do I know her? So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But I hope, we'll you know, see. I hope everyone's <laughs> nice to her and she doesn't feel like sloppy seconds because that sucks and she doesn't deserve that. A hundred percent. And that we get some really cool hairdos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, should we talk about this? I don't even know what to make of this trash heap show Southern charm. I don't know. There's like so much trash on Bravo right now between Orange County and Southern charm. It's a real Sophie's choice for what yeah. to cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God Atlanta's coming back in December and there's like a big scandal with like fucking a stripper at Cynthia's bachelorette party. So that's exciting mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Salt Lake city, you know, will be exciting. That's on next week, but my God, give us other content so we can run out of time and not talk about Southern Charm or Orange County. Because not only is it like there's problems, but it's also like not interesting. Like, honestly, I, I'm just, yeah. I don't feel like we're gra- we're really grounding ourselves in anything cool at this point. I was curious. I was going to ask you. So like, I, I like didn't hate the Southern Charm episode, but I also wasn't super engaged either. And I was like, I don't think this is from me like not having watched it up until this point. No. Now I'm totally caught up. I have all the info. I've got all of the tea. And I like I just thought it was kind of a boring episode. I felt a little bit like when someone takes you to when you like visit a friend at another college and you're you're like at a a big party and you're all holding solo cups. But people and there's drama around you, but you just like still sort of don't know what's going on. So you're just standing there and listening. Yeah, it's a little bit how I felt, especially at that the festival with Shep and Madison confronting each other. Uh, which was a funny scene to me, but it still had this air of like, I don't fully, I sort of know what's going on, but I'm just gonna, I'm not like also totally invested Yeah, I either, also feel so. like we were misled by the, you know, by the way they like pitched us the season in the, tra- in the trailer. I'm like, how many episodes of this normal stupid shit that it, a lot of it feels fake are we going to go through just for the sake of like having fights um, before mm-hmm. we get into like COVID and Black Lives Matter and all the stuff. The entire trailer was just that, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I feel a little betrayed. I don't like that they keep trying to sneak Thomas in there as like a background character. It feels a little bit like they're just testing the waters to see how mad people would get about it. Um, I've turned totally against Catherine, which is upsetting to me. Um, mm. I So Shep, the Shep and Madison dynamic is it's 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 kind of exhausting. It's like it is one of these bad dynamics that we've talked about where it's like you're just you know, sort of kicking a dead horse. Is that the expression? Mm. 
beating a dead horse? I think it's beating a dead horse, but you could kick it if you want to, I guess. Yeah, I guess kicking is a form of beating. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, Where it's like they just have a problem with each other and they're going to just keep finding new ways to bring that up. Um, Shep is like one of Austin's best friends and he feels like Madison is a whore, clearly, and he Mm. doesn't like that she, when she's not, in a very clearly defined monogamous relationship where Austin is being faithful. She's gone out and hooked up with other people. He, he feels like that's a problem for um, Austin, I guess. Austin doesn't seem to think it's a problem and Madison can go fuck whoever she wants. Frankly. I mean, we're talking about a guy who like clearly had a threesome and got caught on camera the next morning when she walked into his apartment and they, I, it looks like in the episode, they're not even like defined as boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, So Shep just keeps trying to do these like gotcha like I'm going to bring like last season he brought the two girls that were in the threesome video to a party that Madison was at to try to get her go. And then he's doing the same thing again. He's trying to bring he invited his mutual friends who Madison when she wasn't with Austin like slept with the boyfriend. But like who cares? Uh, Yeah, I I do not like the overprotective and slut shamey male best friend character in <laughs> real life or on TV. I've had the experience of like dating a guy and then having his friend be like, just say exactly what Shep said to her this episode, which was like, just like when you're not into it anymore, do him a favor and let him go. Like, I just like, I'm, I'm so protective of him. I want you to let him go. Like, fuck you. You yeah. just, you don't like me. So anything I do, you're going to make me the villain. Don't act like if I play by your rules that I, that you're, that like, we're going to be cool. No matter when or how I break up with him, if I do, you're going to call me a witch. Yeah. So like, <laughs> well, I don't love this. Like, just like, don't get involved. Be the friend who doesn't like me. Talk about it behind my back. And then when we do break up to, to Austin, be like, yeah, man, saw it from a mile away. But that's. Don't involve yourself in a way that's like you giving her advice and being prescriptive and like, I just, I'm looking out for him. Like, no, you're not. You're just being like weirdly sexist and shitty and like no one is asking your fucking opinion. Like, get over it. Yeah, Chef went from being this like doofus um, trust fund kid who like can't even do his own laundry to just really showing his true colors and being a straight up asshole to every woman on this show and even alienating his female friends on this show who might have found him a little bit charming for whatever reason. Um, Mm. And what I do like, what I did think was a fun dynamic is Madison does not give a fuck about Shep like she is not intimidated uh, by him at all she will just go right at him she like does not run away from a fight which I think is really cool I think part of it has to do with like being a young mom where you're like I don't I literally don't have time for this shit (laughs) you know (laughs) where you're like if you have something to say let's let's go say it say it to me let's sort it out right here I'm not upset I will respond like you know that that sort of energy is like really admirable to me Um, and the fact that they decided to do that while Austin is doing maybe the only productive professional thing I've ever seen him do on the show which is hand out (laughs) his beer at like a wine festival Um, and they decided to like have a full-blown heated discussion in a booth with customers all around that was like pretty funny but that I that was maybe the only redeeming moment of the episode he so explicitly was like just don't talk to her at the festival (laughs) man just like don't even talk to her and then they have a full confrontation he's like fuck I just it's 
explicitly said to not even communicate with one another. I thought that was really funny. I it made me miss beer festivals real bad. I like uh, a, a beer fest where you get a cute little like plastic little beer container and you like go around from yeah. tent to tent and just get fucked up during the day in yeah. a park. Ugh. Oh, R.I.P. But I also thought, speaking of drinking and being an alcoholic, that I thought it was so funny when Michael, the butler, was like, <laughs> we don't have vodka in this house. He was like, vodka is from a dirty potato that was in the ground, like in the dirt. And he goes, gin is like very floral and good for you. And I know for a fact from researching it that gin is the worst liquor for your liver. It's really? the worst thing for your body. Yeah, it's the most unhealthy of all of the liquors is gin. Wow. It's the hardest for your liver to process. And to just say it's floral, like it is floral. That doesn't make it good for you. Like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, it's floral. So we have gin in the house. But I've just never heard someone <laughs> knock vodka for making me from a potato. <laughs> I'm also like, doesn't everything grow on the ground? <laughs> like, yeah, the ground doesn't ever get all the dirt? food. From. Do you guys not eat carrots or onions or, you know, like just there's yeah. all of these. And there's literally like root vegetables that grow in the ground that are good for you. And then also everything else that you're going to pick off of a thing that's also growing from the ground. So isn't it also like such an agreeable, like, like very plain liquor like vodka is the liquor with like no flavor if you get a good one like yeah I, it's such a I could see somebody just being like oh I like I hate rum or I hate whiskey like something that is very flavorful and specific and I just thought that that was I <laughs> such a weird soapbox moment to be like there's no vodka in the house <laughs> like whoa okay <laughs> it's also just so funny because they're like all about southern hospitality and then th someone's like okay and I'll have a vodka martini and they're like Rrr! like <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. The butler just yelled at you, bro. You ordered the wrong drink. It's bizarre. <laughs> really bizarre. I do think that, you know, Patricia and Michael is like a very fun, weird dynamic that you only sort of see with Lisa and uh, her, you know, people who work at Villa Rosa, I guess. But yeah. Um, and like her her like event planner and like yeah. the people in her staff who just like come in and out periodically. That's true. I just really feel like all Patricia Altschul does all day is like fan herself with a feather fan in front of like beautiful wallpaper and then drink Michael's six o'clock gin martini <laughs> every just, single yeah. day. And I love that for her. You know what? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was at peace to just do that and that I could just do that. <laughs> just fan myself with feathers and have a six o'clock martini. <laughs> Woo. What yeah. else? Do we have anything else? No, I feel like that's it. And we have to just uh, slump our way back to the couch and plop ourselves in front of uh, your boyfriend, Steve. Yeah. I promise I'll watch more of him so that we can talk about it. <laughs> he was losing his mind yesterday because he would not leave to go take a nap. And he yeah. like started literally like bumping into the camera, not realizing he was like on screen with his, you know, little mask on, like pushing the wrong buttons. I have such sympathy for these people who are, you know, trying to trying to do like a serious equation on national television and they just keep pushing the wrong buttons and going to the screen and having to start all over again because like as a writer's assistant that's exactly what it's like to be in a final draft document that's like malfunctioning in front of 20 writers who are like no just click just no just go can no. you go back can you scroll and you're just like ah it's not my fault and like oh my god that's that the energy feel i feel so from these election analysts 
Yeah, I can't imagine. I already get so nervous about like my sentence structure and word choice alone. The second a microphone is in front of me, even like doing this podcast, like the second you have a microphone in your mouth, it's like, and then to do it in such a high stakes situation and to not sleep and to be reporting, I, 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 it stresses me out so much for all of them. Unless they're on Fox, then I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> well, they're not reporting <laughs> any numbers or anything. They're on not. Fox. They're just sticking around. That's the crazy part. It's so it's so crazy. If you guys haven't done it, tune in for just two seconds so that you're not affecting their ratings in a positive way. But it is. It's like watching a really really dark SNL sketch. Yeah. Like they're, they're such caricatures of themselves, and it's so bizarre. I get so weirded out. I was telling Tony this the first night on Tuesday when we watched a little bit. How many women are on that channel? There's so many women. There was a time where there was like three women all talking to each other. And it was like, what universe am I living in? Or you could, uh, I just can't. I could go on for days. I will say uh, MSNBC, there are three women um, on that channel too. And they're not like fembot, psycho, scary ones. So that's Yes. Good. <laughs> yes, honey. Yeah, I'm loving all the women on all the other channels. I'm here for that. Yeah. It's just it's like, how are you going to be, how are you going to be a lady and be on, and, and be, pro-Trump on TV this week. I just can't deal. It's so stressful. Yeah. And they're so mean. Like, they'll be like, well, the whiny little liberals aren't getting what they want. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you a housewife? What are you fucking doing? This is, what are you auditioning for? Like, it's, it's such a gross look and yeah. it's so extreme. There's been two instances where something so insane has happened and Mike and I look at each other and we're like, how am a writer and I cannot even possibly imagine how Fox News is trying to sell this to their audience right now and the, yes. the first one was when Trump got COVID and was being flown to the hospital and we're like should we just take a peek of like how this is going <laughs> and then th this is another instance where I was just like let's just I mean they're clearly gonna lose are they just covering like Hillary Clinton like coughing while she walks her dog or something like that yeah but no yeah, now like, they've how had, are they gonna handle this they're like just gonna sow chaos until you know I don't know he has to be removed to, yeah, to be cover determined the, the six lawsuits that are filed in six different states against ballot counting yeah that's what they'll cover Oh, oh boy. crazy. <laughs> well, I suggest you, you order some of the some pasta, have a have a martini. Have you made an espresso martini since we've talked about it on the pod? Because I've made like four. I'm sorry. My mom just texted me. Are these real Gucci shoes? We think they were left by a housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find out if I can include this. But OK, so quick story. My sorry. I don't I don't mean to like backtrack my um. My aunt it works in hospitality, and she just did something with the housewives, which I won't uh, spoil. And I guess someone mm -hmm. left their shoes behind, and they do look like real Gucci shoes. Anyway, <gasps> um, crazy. I'll have to ask if we can leave that in or not. But um, I have not. Uh, no, I have had one more uh, espresso martini in Colleen's backyard um, right before the election. Because I was like, this might be mm, the last time yes. I see her in a while, because who knows what's about to happen to our world. But it seems like mm -hmm. everything's okay, and I'll be able to have another one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fierce. That's great news. Oh, well, great. Let's. Uh, this was a really great little break from all of the bullshit. Although I should say this, it's we're seeming to be on the up and up in every way. We're on the up and up in terms of the election. We're on the up and up in terms of Dale and Claire getting out of La Quinta. We're bubble. getting a new Housewives franchise next. Getting week. a new Housewives franchise. It's we're all doing good. better. We're doing better. Things are getting better, Alyssa. This is fierce.
Yes. Uh, cool. And then we'll we'll tune in uh, next week, you guys. Bye. Everyone stay safe. Stay Bye. safe. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>